Welcome, everybody, to a Slip Angle Show. I'm Adam Jabay, and I'm driving down 94 in Chicago. And I am joined on the phone by the smartest man in the room, Dr. Abram Schmucker. And the uh, he's our token long-haired man for the evening, Derek Yarbra. What's up? What's happening, dudes? Hey, dudes. How you guys doing? Doing good. Are, are you guys driving on the highway also? I'm not. I'm sitting at my desk. No. Um, looking at all these questions. I'm. Uh, I'm just hoping my levels are good. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, I think we're okay. I think we're doing all right. Your levels um, are probably crap. <laughs> yeah, shut your face, Mobile Abe. Potting. Come on. Yeah, it's. I'm multitasking. I just. Uh, I just got, uh, got. I just got back in the truck from dropping off my enclosed trailer. At uh, at the Gridlife office, and yeah, now I'm driving back to South Holland. So uh, through through the like I'm like right I'm just north of the loop right now. So there's a lot of potholes, uh, but but we're doing all right. So well, at least there's um, not a ton of traffic eight. this time of night. No, it's a nice night for it too. So yeah, we we have the uh, the Gridlife game night on Saturday. And uh, so we needed to have a lot of things out of the festival trailer, which normally lives down by me. Um, so so I, after work, I had to do a lot of things. I had to plug in the RV uh, at lunch and let that thing warm up and then start the RV. So I got to sit in my RV again. That was cool. And get it out of the way so that I could hook up to the trailer and, uh, and then do dad stuff. And now I'm here. Does so. the RV have a... A block eater like trucks do, so where you can just plug it in, so it starts easy. Yeah, yeah, it's a Cummins 6BT, um, so it's got a standard, you know, just like 750 watt block eater. I had to change that when I got it. Um, that was, it was definitely not working because when I plugged it in, it would blow the breaker uh, in the building. <laughs> so that's one of the things. That was the first repair I made to the RV. Yeah, so it'll actually start. Yeah. So, um, so the RV is good. And the Dahatsu deck van, the little tiny van with a pickup truck bed in the back, uh, we had to find out where the battery was. That's behind the driver's seat uh, in the very, very back, on the, or driver's side in the very, very back. Um, so we had to jump start that, and uh, yeah, and then Chris is, uh, Chris is still up at the office bringing things out of the trailer into the place where we're having the game night, so uh, lighting and all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, speaking of diesels, uh, uh, Abe was just saying uh, something about a class action lawsuit for diesel Jeeps. Yeah, so uh, for a long time, Volkswagen was in the news uh, regarding uh, diesel emissions, defeat device things. Um, it looks like uh, the FCA settled a class action lawsuit against their customers today, actually, um, regarding... They, they basically admit no wrongdoing, but they say that they're going to pay out a whole bunch of money. Um, and <laughs> it appears that uh, for owners, and I had to check when I purchased this vehicle from Anish, um, yeah. that, that buyers who purchased before January uh, like 12th of 2017, or 2018, 17, um, get uh, like $3,000. $3,050 plus... Okay, uh, when, did you, when did you buy yours? I think it's 2018. I bought it in... Yeah, I bought it in 2018, so I've had it for one year. Yeah. 
So I think for yeah. me that means uh, $2,500 ish plus uh, whatever warranty repair that is requisite that goes with it. And um, even though I have an extended warranty, they're uh, offering free extended warranty to all 100,000 vehicles. Uh, nice. Up to 120,000 miles and 10 years of service. So, oh my gosh! Or like ten years of uh, service life of the vehicle, basically. So yeah, your warranty. Still, is, that's a long time. It is a long time. So yeah, my guess is I'm probably going to hit the mileage limit before I hit the age limit. Because um, that'll I, be I, the time to sell it. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, at the moment, it's it's still okay. I just if I if I get a little. Uh, if I get a little check from FCA, more than likely what I'm going to do is pay down that loan faster so that nice. if I ever decide to sell it, I can do it easier. Yeah, that's a plus. That's a plus. Someday, uh, well, Chevy so is it- going to put a diesel in a Yukon or, like, Suburban. That'll be my vehicle yeah. for sure. I thought, uh, I thought they had the diesel in the... They have a diesel in the little the little pickups, right? The Like the, yeah, the Colorado they have or whatever it's called? Colorados right now. And I've driven one. But before. they don't have anything in the nothing in the 1500 style line, like the Not Silverados. Yet. So the uh, the Silverados are supposed to come out with a three liter diesel option uh, this year. So I think it's oh, like okay. mid year delivery for a 2019 model or something like that. Um, yeah. And Ford now has their F150 diesel that is available like on yeah. the lots. I've seen those. Oh, cool. I think that's the that's like a scaled down power stroke, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's like rebranded, um, but they've yeah. been using that three liter in Europe for like the Land Rover stuff for quite some okay. time. So I think that engine in particular has a lot of uh, like test miles on it. That'd be nice. They want to buy the first one. But, um, speaking of uh, of diesels, also Derek, did you order your up pipe down pipe thingers for your I truck yet? I haven't no? bought anything yet. I've made a big. Uh, I've no. got that loan I'm trying to pay off. I have 800 to go, so <laughs> that's that's. What I like I like setting nice. little goals. So like next paycheck is not this Friday, but next, and that'll wipe out that loan. Then I'm gonna buy me a little nice. Civic uh, for a work car, and then possibly to rent out on Turo and make some money back on it. And then after that, it's uh, yeah. let's get the truck ready. So I should should cool. have time to cool. get everything everything ready to go. So I, I think on the show a few weeks ago, I told you a little bit about how my dad uh, got in an accident with his 2500 diesel. Yeah. yeah. He, he's yeah. been uh, going back and forth with the insurance company regarding uh, whatever settlement, like settled value on his truck uh, for replacement mm-hmm. is. And he paid $35,000 for, for that 2500 Duramax yeah. LT, and it had maybe 60,000 miles on it. He drove yep. it for 20-some thousand, so I think it's got about 85 on it now. And he somehow negotiated a rate, uh, a, a, basically a settlement rate of $45,000. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's killer. So, I don't Dude, know that's he, unbelievable. I don't know what he's, uh, he's going to do or what he's going to buy, but... He called me a couple He's of gonna days be all ago, right. and he told me that they wanted to give him 37 and that he wanted 40 And then yeah. they they called him back and gave him 42 and he was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then they came back at 45 and he said, okay. But he got such a deal on that truck, I man. Know. Unbelievable. That's why he's so upset. Yeah. 
It was it uh, how loaded was it? The LT, like no, what does that no, mean? That's like cloth seats. I mean, it's it's not okay. like a luxury truck. What year was it? Uh, but he did. It was a 15. But he did have a snowplow on the front of it, and so like he okay. he was convinced that they were going to pay for the cost of that and all that stuff. But yeah. I thought his negotiation it were pretty uh, were pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Did he have a plow on it when he crashed or no? no? He was like, oh, okay. it's, it's just like all of the the frame chassis electronic stuff. That's yeah, yeah, it. yeah. A, a plow would have just added insult to injury when with the uh, with the rollover. You know, who yeah, knows what sure. that how that yeah. would affect it. But. Diesels diesels do really good on on holding value in general. If you're if you're yeah. if you're craft yeah. very yeah very if good. you're crafty. I mean that's what I would do, but I just don't want to spend the big money to buy into a forty thousand dollar truck. So I got the seven three. But if you're crafty and buy one three years old for 45, you can put the miles on it and then sell it for, you know, 37 with 150,000 miles on it. People still buy them with big miles. Yeah, yeah. I know they didn't, it, it takes they didn't that, sell super in, well when they came out, but the, the 7.3 went into ex, uh, the excursions, didn't they? I, I imagine that would yeah, be a pretty good yeah. tow rig. Um, yeah, it, a long, long time ago, probably three years ago, uh, Greg and me... Uh, out on the East Coast, he uh, he's been on the show a bunch of times. He bought a rust-free seventy thousand mile seven three excursion from a guy local to me who had just brought it up from Arkansas or something. Um, and uh, like a rusty version of that truck would have been like six to eight thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks, and he paid like almost double that. And it, they just hold their value, and he probably he could probably get that for it right now. Yeah, so. I mean, and even um, even the newer trucks uh, hold their value pretty good as long as you get yeah. uh, get out of them in time. There's a truck next to me with a really loud engine. Yeah, we break. hear it. It sounds cool. At least. <laughs> the listeners but, uh, probably don't hear it, but we do. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, we uh, I, I made a few Facebook posts and uh, asked for questions or show ideas. Yeah, um, I think you met you met. And within I about, I texted you and was like, "Hey, let's do questions at like what five or six p.m. our time." And it, yeah, it was like four fifty-five, yeah. and then by like five fifteen, there was like two hundred yeah, comments. Doesn't take long. <laughs> It got a little out of hand, but uh, we're not going to go through everything like we did last time. But uh, we'll probably won't keep this. We'll probably keep this one to like an hour or so. All right. But, uh, any uh, uh, you you guys can look at the questions. I can't. But uh, anything stand out in your mind? Yeah, I have. One. Good. Um, in, in case we didn't already cover it, uh, Matt Deroost asked us what our favorite on-track memory was for 2018, and what we're looking forward to in 2019. What about you, Abe? What you got? Uh, I really, I don't know. I, I'm walking uh, up and down the grid at Grid Life Events during the time attack sessions. And at Midwest Festival, we uh, debuted our um, bracket track battle format to, to Midwest Festival. And there were people standing at the fence, like, watching time attack and cheering and yeah, that was the best. I like the best. probably if I, I don't know, maybe several hundred people at least. And no, it was like it was like the entire length of the fence. It was like a thousand people. And I'm <laughs> was, used to seeing that for the, the drift portions of the event, but for like you know HPDE yeah. and even time attack, no one no one really cares. And so that to me was like proof that we're doing this thing that like I think people can get behind because it is cool 
and yeah. I was excited to just be a part of it. So I think a competition that you can actually visualize and you could see the competition versus like a time attack, you can't really tell if it's a, a 127 or a 137, you right. know. Um, I think that that was the, the cool part about it. And uh, and Jared and uh, Austin did a great job announcing, Jared Absolutely. DeAnda and Austin. So, uh, yeah, that, that was I'm awesome. most but. looking forward to in 2019 is uh, standing at start-finish in the pits at Road America and hearing 800-horsepower race cars fly by at, like, full tilt. That's, that's yeah. like, that's heaven. Yeah. I, uh, Derek, what uh, you were at both festivals this year, and uh, did you fly out for one of the other ones? I no, can't remember No, just now. both festivals. Favorite yeah. memory from 2018? What, uh, uh well, and, and it could be other it could be other events that you've been yeah, to too. You know? I mean, so. I'm gonna waffle and slip between two. And I've already talked about this before, but comp school, um, getting through that was a good memory. Um, of course, it rained. And the other one was uh, South this year or 2018 Good Life South because of the first event, a Good Life event that I got to bring my wife and my dog to, and uh, it's a good time. Because. Yeah, long drive yeah. for you. Yeah, long we drive. loaded up uh, in her Dodge Avenger and drove out. <laughs> the That car, uh, it had been leaking coolant a little bit, like, to where you yeah. have to just put a little, you know, you got to top it off once every two weeks. And uh, I knew it was those Dodge Avengers have a thermostat housing that's plastic and houses two thermostats. And yeah, <laughs> why you would need why of you would need two fucking thermostats? I have no idea. But it's yeah, it's made of, of made of, of plastic. Course. Houses two thermostats, and the the water outlet uh, inlet or outlet has a O ring that goes bad. But it's fine. Um, it take it doesn't take very long to change. But it had been fine. I'd just been topping it off with fluid every uh, I don't know four or five weeks. But I guess a 12-hour drive is long enough to run all the coolant out. And, oh, and so by, by about hour 7 or 8, we kept having to pull over and fill it back up with coolant and burp the car and all this crap. Oh, jeez. And, and <laughs> is that, is, was that your worst moment? <laughs> well, I mean... It was just a funny story about getting there, but being at the event and having my wife and my yeah. dog there and her actually having fun at a racetrack, which, you know, was, pre- was pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. Because um, most of the time it's like, how can I, you know, how can she have fun too while we're here at this club race? But uh, there, there's so much to do and, you know, and see that she has a good yeah. time. And uh, on the way back, it was more of the same, but we were just so ready to, to come back. Um we drove we we went to the event all day sunday and we drove straight back 13 hours to texas from atlanta we left at like 3 p.m it's such a brutal that's, and, that's a brutal and powered night, through man. That's a and uh, we figured out that enough coolant would stay in it that if we just ran the heater it wouldn't overheat so about we burped it a couple times and there was about seven hours of drive left and we just ran the heater on all the way back <laughs> and then uh cool. You know, nothing like running the heat in August. Yeah, I know, right? In, it was yeah, actually, it's, luckily, it's, kind of cool that weekend, and it was all at nighttime, so it really wasn't that bad. But um, of course, and then the next the next week, I I you know 
order a, a new thermostat off Rock Auto and fix it, and I think it took me 11 minutes. I should have just went and got one while I was at the track. <laughs> yeah, you totally should have. We had like, like we we had so many tools that like we didn't know what to do with them in the area that we were pitted. Yeah, in. it's just you you get there and you're having so much fun. I mean, the last, the last thing you want to do at an event you don't yeah. have your car at is work on something. You yeah. know, even there was tools everywhere. Yeah, and then oh. And uh, also, I got my, you had a bumper for me, uh, F-250 bumper. Oh, yeah. Because my yeah. F-250, when I bought it, had ranch hand bumper on the back, and I didn't like it. And it got in the way of the, it had, it was replaced the factory tow hitch. There was no bumper pull hitch, just the bumper, uh, ranch hand bumper. So yeah. you you sold me uh, a stock F-250 bumper for cheap, and then I put that in the car, too, and took that back with me. Yeah. Away we yep. went. Yeah. What What are you looking forward to from night for uh, for next Grid, year? Grid Life Touring Cup, baby. That's all. Yeah, yeah that's too. all I'm running. That's, that's all, my thing. That's all I'm gonna do all year. So. That's yeah. the plan. Just do that. Um, the plan is to get the car to all the you know the four races, and then maybe it'll be successful enough, and you'll get us some sessions at Atlanta, which a lot of the Southeast guys yeah, are, we'll see. are begging for, and. Uh, I can't believe how much call for that yeah, we're getting. I mean, people it's are freaking nuts. out about it. And that, and but secondary goal is even the ones I don't have my car at, I'm going to fly to the rest. So the goal is to make it to all all events. Cool. Oh, man, that's dedication. Yeah. yeah. That's, are you coming to track that's a, picnic? I'm so, so, yeah, I'm towing to that one. That's a race. So. Excellent. Yeah. The uh, I think my favorite. Uh, my favorite on-track moment of 2019 or 2018 was uh, the more I think about it, like there was so many like cool things, and we also, you know, we did a lot of events, uh, but like probably the most interesting hour or so was uh, my wife and daughter rolled rolled up to Honda Meet Saturday afternoon, and uh, my wife was kind of having a bad day, had a headache and stuff, and and she took off and went into town. And so Emma and I were, uh, I, we were just doing my job, you know, just walking around the track and doing all my things and making announcements. And uh, and Emma thought the announcing was the coolest thing in the entire world. <laughs> so she uh, she actually did a bunch of it, and she kept saying, "Attention, Daddy's friends," uh, which which was great. She's I love so that. cute when you have her so, do the little intros for the uh, podcast. I love that. She, She's got a cute little voice. Sometimes she's a complete monster, but uh, she is a four-year-old, so you got to cut her a little bit of slack. But, uh, yeah, she's in a busy stage in life right now. It's making it's making Sarah and I a little bit nuts, but uh, we're getting through it. So, um, And I'm looking forward to uh, trying a new thing cause, uh, with Grid Life in the, in the Grid Life Touring Cup oh, because we've done Time Attack for five. You can't, you can't take five. my answer. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> well, I already said I was going to take your answer. I freaking made that wheel wheel to wheel class. Come on. <laughs> all by yourself. Um, and and it, it, well, I started to make it all <laughs> by myself. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, for like the past five years, we've been doing Time Attack and HPD and then with a little bit of drifting here. And I think it'll be fun to have a, a new challenge. And I think, I hope it's going to re energize me to, to be stoked about it. So, yeah. Um, be a little bit less work and a little bit more fun, For, you know. I mean, it'll be more work, but a little bit less work feeling, hopefully. Yeah. To, uh, so, to okay. add to um, my favorite track side, or my, like, on-track memory, 
I think my favorite uh, event, like memory of this year, was at Track Day Picnic, where uh, Jason Wynn brought uh, what 90 to 120 a day dry aged ribeye and fed us. So at good. Day Picnic. Uh, so this, good. This, and the, the sides oh, were so good, too. Oh, my God. So, uh, <laughs> and, and with the exception of GLTC, uh, Track Day Picnic's kind of an informal competition weekend, if there's any competition at all. Well, and it seems like people kind of, like, transfer their, their com- competitive energy into... Into the barbecue. Into the barbecue, yeah. right? And it's, it's just <laughs> the best. And, and that's sort of why I don't want to do, like, timing and scoring at, at Grid Life Cup at Blackhawk. I want to keep it kind of old school and make it a little bit more informal uh, and fit into the event a little bit more, you know? So. Abe, Abe's going to get to judge the winner of, uh, of each one uh, based off of, like, of, of videos he takes with his smartphone. It's going to be great. That I'm stoked like about it. Really it's gonna, complicated. It's going to be old. Old school. He's gonna stand up in the uh, stand up in the tower, the bird's nest, and like just hold a smartphone down, just like they had in the '60s. Hold their smartphones. Yeah, but I'm not like some yeah. kind of wizard old lady. Weren't all the like spotters and lap counters and all that? <laughs> weren't those a bunch of like just incredibly precise wizards? Women? Yeah, and and Lee Grimes. <laughs> oh, and, and Lee Grimes. Grimes. Yeah, I, I mean that's Lee how Grimes they did it too. That's how. That's, that's how, how they up. still score uh, regional motocross stuff. They only you only have uh, yeah, you only have by, transponders just, at really really big national races. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a skill. I would love to see people do it. I want to learn that skill um, and get the right stopwatches and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't want to bring the electronics too much into into track day picnic. I want to keep it just. I want to kind of celebrate the vibe of that of, of that track too. You know. I don't know how um, we're going to manage it, but I think in 2019, me personally, I want to find. Uh, my way to more pro events, not just yeah. sitting in the stands, but like doing. So things. speaking, speaking yeah. of, I, I don't know how many people will do it, but I want you guys to come down here for the IndyCar at Coda. I know IndyCar that flights F1. from Indianapolis uh, to Austin are actually pretty cheap. Yeah, so that's in March and. I think you guys should come. Like actually, IndyCar yeah, is running IndyCar there. Yeah, IndyCar is running there this year for the first time. Okay, I didn't know that yeah, they were the running full, there. Full cool. Formula One configuration too. I'd be really interested nice. to see what the difference in race pace is, or the difference in qualifying pace is compared to the Formula One cars from this year. Yeah, they're quite a quite a bit slower. Um, when I was I was what sitting um, for qualifying, I was somewhere like corner four or five, kind of in those uh, those S's area. And uh, you know, Moss, Alex Moss was sitting right next to me, and he was like, all right, think about this for a second. When the cars come through here and they're at qualifying pace, there's no vehicle ever that has gone as fast through these corners as this car is going to come through. And so when, so you, set a, when you set a track record, like just a, a true track record, regardless of just any car ever, that's I think that's pretty cool to just like sit there. And yeah, speaking that. of... Well, yeah. first, yeah, you guys should definitely come. March is pretty slow, huh? For stuff, is March is the only month, yeah, that we don't have anything. I don't know. I would month. be pretty about it. You guys can all crash at the apartment. We can go check out IndyCar at Coda. Have a de-stress weekend before you get into the summer grind. What uh, what weekend of the month is it? Um, I'll Google it right now. Um, let's see. Hold on. Anybody? 
Abe, do you have uh, do you have another question you wanna you wanna toss out there? Oh, uh, Devin asked us why we won't let um, drivers use five year old hand cooked TDs tires in track modified class. Uh, why not? Why why wouldn't we let basically unlimited class cars run five year old tires? Let me think. <laughs> uh, slightly dangerous. Uh, we already had one unlimited class car burst a couple of tires at Road Atlanta, and track mod is almost that fast. Uh, I would I would really love to not see cast off TDs with like 700 horsepower, 800 horsepower cars. It seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I don't know. And, and that that tire was like such a. It, it was back in the day. It was so hard to get, and so only a few people got them. And and now they're just old. Like, let's just let's forget the TD. The TD's had its day, and unless they start making them brand new, uh, I don't know. That's not smart with that with that much power. I could see like you know a hundred horsepower car that goes a hundred miles an hour, like maybe. Uh, track day bro, maybe, but. It, it doesn't seem smart, and it's such a it's such a weird tire too. So. The uh, the current distribution channels for the TD uh, are still trying to sell off some of those old ones too in random sizes. But yeah, I mean, but you shouldn't be running on five Chris on five was year old about today. tires anyway. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, unless Goodness. you're unless you're Adam Jabay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam yeah, Jabay. You're does only that. allowed to run your four year old, you know, run off 2016 spec Miata. Cast off. Here's uh, that, a good that's, question. E- even that's old. That's even old for me, man. <laughs> Here's a good question. Jake Brewer, uh, must maybe being a fan of Joe Dirt, asks, "How does the Positrack rear end on a Plymouth work?" The answer to that question is, it just does. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in, in so long. <laughs> oh, hey, Indy, Indy, it's the best haircut Indy car ever. Indy Coda is March 22nd through 24th. Yeah. Okay. Let me see about that. Come on, that. bro. Weekend. That's not Emma's birthday, so that might work. Right on. Okay. And speaking of track records, did work, you I might did that. you guys see that the Mazda prototype uh, beat the GTP record at Daytona at the Roar? Oh yeah, yeah. The overall the overall Rolex record. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Speaking of records, All right, it's it's not official because it wasn't during the race, but. Uh, that record was like 24 years old or something. Yeah, still pretty cool. That was an, I wish yeah, they that's, would. That's an old. I wish record. they would take the gloves off those DPI cars and let them run. You know, just like one event a year, let them go, yeah. turn them up. Yeah, the, it's amazing how fast the Porsche guys have gotten their prototype. You know, like the fastest car in the world right now is like a, a Time Attack style prototype car. I really wonder what a, what a DPI could do. Yeah. The, I don't have anything uh, listed on my calendar for that weekend. You said the 22nd to 24th. Yep, the tickets aren't that expensive either, so hopefully. I mean, I figure if cool. a couple people buy flights and and commit, then maybe we can get some more, and it'll be a, a good weekend. Um, cool. I, yeah, flight, flights flights don't look too bad for the uh, the Super Lap Battle Coda weekend. Yeah, come on to that. We talked about that last podcast, but um, then. Buzzkill Ape, you know, said there was events before and after, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a busy time of year but right there. Y'all, anybody's welcome to come we'll hang see. out. I'm not doing anything until April, so not 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 leaving Derek's often. Just, Derek's just paying off trucks and buying Hondas, yep, man. We're chilling, prepping Mazdas, buying Hondas, partying. 
but not leaving Austin. All right, I have a. I'm almost home, so so I can look at questions. But you got yeah, anything I have work? one that I don't know how much you guys input y'all have, but Dewey, I've never met Dewey in person, I don't think, but he says, do you think sim driving should be taken seriously? Is sim driving creating might? Is sim driving creating making the average track driver better or worse? Y'all have any thoughts? I, I have lots of thoughts. So, so. I saw, and I'm going to get their names wrong because I can't remember which one, but there's been a lot of sim racing videos from a current F1 driver on Facebook recently. It's either Van Dorn okay. or um, uh, Verstappen, one of those two guys. Um, and watching what he's doing in iRacing is, is kind of crazy to see. The level of precision and, like, you know, you, I guess... Many of us are never going to get the chance to drive in an F1 car, but all of us would have the opportunity to like, compare our skill on iRacing. And I think, to me, that's really interesting to watch. I think, uh, I, I think it's interesting to just watch like the, the live stream from the track Midwest iRace oh, the other crazy. night. Oh, so good. And uh, yeah, Derek's pretty deep into the yeah, sim so the, world. With the, the history uh, on that uh, iRacing group is... Last year, when I was getting ready for comp school, I started hosting sessions, um, and I called it MX, or actually, I don't remember what I called it, but I might have just named it after Grid Life or something, but I started hosting sessions, and it started to get really big, and it got its own Facebook group, and I think most of the guys were from Track Midwest, so we called it Track Midwest iRacing. And then when it started to get sort of big, they just changed the name uh, to Track Midwest iRacing. But I'm, I started it, and then a bunch of our buddies like Eric Kutul, um, Rob Wilkinson, uh, DJ Alessandrini are all in now. And uh, Eric really runs more, and Rob run it more than I do now because um, I'm a little bit more busy with work. But they, they've got it. What, uh, what it- Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, the the series the series got a little crazy. How many cars did you guys have the other night? It was like forty plus. Yeah, we cars. had we had forty one uh, entries, I think, with the G, the nine eleven GT three Cup car, um, and at, yeah, at VIR, at VIR and we've gotten a lot of numbers with the MX five before, but that's a free car and and it comes with the game and everyone has it and it's easy to drive. But the GT three right. Cup car. Is one of the hardest cars in the game to drive. You know, it's like a 500 horsepower car, rear, rear engine with no ABS or traction control, and so it's really hard to drive. And so to get those kind of numbers with that car is really good and uh, Im- impressive. Yeah. yeah, that seemed really, yeah, really strong. Y- you, you've had 40, 40 plus with the MX5. Yeah, a bunch, but... a bunch of times. Um, oh. And DJ uh, Allison Drini, he paid for this. Uh, this professional guys on iRacing that they they jump in our host and then they stream it and announce over it and put a graphic over it and brand it and all this yeah. stuff and it's like you're watching a TV broadcast or something and I think pro- it was so uh, good <laughs> promo ravioli chipped in some money and uh, some other guys chipped in some money but now that I've seen that one time we're gonna you know divide that among us and start paying for that for each each race because we do them we do them on yeah. Tuesday was on so Tuesday cool. nights like a season and then set up um, the races ahead of time and everyone practices together but I think I'll go ahead and answer Dewey's question now so do you think sim yeah. driving should be taken seriously I think definitely um, 
is it making you better or worse? I know those guys have like something they do on Forza, uh, and I think the the Forza stuff's really cool, especially for keeping everyone you're racing with like a community over the winter. You know, because I know that you guys can't drive during yeah. the winter. Um, but I started out with Forza and then made my way to iRacing, and I didn't. I don't think that the Forza game really helped me become a better driver at, at all. It wasn't. It didn't translate as much over to real driving, and the tracks aren't accurate. Um, like the distance between corners and uh, the degrees of the turns, and the you know everything is just not exactly perfect. But on iRacing, as you know, Adam, it's like exactly the same. Unless there, it's unless really there's close. been a recent repave, whenever they laser scan the track, I mean it, it is right there. Because um, I'm not, I'm not very yeah. good at going wide open right away at a new track i've always been that way even from when i raced motocross as a kid I, if it was a new track i could never you know go hard right away but and when i went to gingerman for midwest festival i couldn't go hard right away because i never driven the track but my first time at coda and my first time at road atlanta i could go hard right away both of those tracks were on i racing and i got to practice ahead of time and it just takes yeah and Eric said the same thing when he started doing the majors tour, like Watkins Glen and Road Atlanta, like uh, Eric Attil. Um, like the first time he was at Road Atlanta, he, like he was like two laps in and he was like on pole. Like it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for um, me, it translates right over and taught me, it really taught me trail, trail, ugh, trail breaking and, you know, how important it is to rotate the car with the brake release. It, it taught me all that and mm -hmm. translates, you know, right, right over to, and you can compare yourself with the, you know, the best drivers in, in the country. We, you know, we get, uh, Kenton Coke, um, who, you know, races LMP3 and, and all that stuff comes on and races with us and lots of guys who are just as fast as him. And there's a program, yeah. um, in iRacing that will run with the game. And you can pull their laps and compare data, and you can also teach yourself how data will help you in the real car too. Yeah, oh, cool. They'll, cool. Yeah, I you can compare that. data traces and everything, just like aim, just like aim data. Um, what do you? How much do you think? Um, a lot of these guys are having a good time on Forza, and they just have basic rigs and stuff, or some of them are even using controllers. Yeah, and I don't want to. Um, I don't want to like. Talk bad about Forza, especially because it's keeping everybody together. But if you're talking Absolutely. about translating it to driving, uh, it's n not a super big help. If you just, unless you want to know which way is left or right at like a track you've never been before. But <laughs> how much do you think, like, uh, how much do you think the rig setup though plays into, and like knowing how to dial that all in? Uh, how much do you think that plays into, like the, like how much it actually helps you? Because um, I think my rig, my my setup is like not dialed in very well and i haven't had the time to put into all it and i even felt like i even felt after driving a road atlanta at festival this year i've never felt more comfortable at road atlanta and that was just after doing laps by myself in the mx5 on iRacing for like yeah five hours the most important thing in um, iRacing is if you have vr uh like oculus or something like that the vr goggles uh, you don't really have to do anything. Yeah. They're just automatically set up right. But if you have a screen, like a single screen or three screens, you have to get your field of view correct. You have to measure your eyeballs to the screen. And iRacing has a little calculator, and you put your screen size in. And then it adjusts and yep. makes the field of view correct. Um, otherwise, you'll feel like you're going too fast or too slow. Um, so that that that's yeah, the, 
I did some of that, and it helped. Yeah, that's a lot. the only thing I would say setup wise. As far as like how much you spend on your wheel and pedal and all that, it helps a baby bit. But there's plenty of guys in our in our sim league that are on cheaper wheels and pedals like the Logitech stuff that you have um, that are going just mm-hmm. fast, beating me with my really nice stuff. So um, I think the more yeah, Derek's got some crazy stuff. Yeah, the stuff. more you spend on peripherals, uh, like the wheel and the pedals and stuff like that, the more it feels like a real car and maybe helps consistency, um, but you still get the overall okay. lesson from the cheaper stuff. And, like, say if you if you have Forza yeah. and you say you have a wheel and pedal, um, all you really need is a computer and a, and a TV, and you can hook those same wheels and pedals into your computer and you can jump on iRacing. And yeah. you can still go back and forth. Um, you you probably won't want to, and I'll probably steal you away from the Forza stuff. But, uh, but is that it's pretty easy? Forza is prettier, at least. Yeah, I'll, it is. The the Forza graphics are unbelievable. Yeah, they are really man. good. And and yeah. the you got to spend a lot of money on a computer to get the really fancy fancy graphics too. Um, and but I yeah. those uh the. The guys running the five ten league uh, with Datsun five tens mm-hmm. and Forza, they seem to be having a very good, a very. Oh good yeah, time. they're having a great time. And that's why I started off. You know, yeah. it's like definitely support any that's, that's any fun car it, yeah. stuff. Um, but if you want to translate Absolutely. it to the to the car, I mean, there, there's no surprise that some of the fastest people in our leagues are also the fastest drivers. Like Eric Kutel's like up there in the iRacing races every weekend. Obviously, you know, second in runoffs twice. You know, he's a bad dude. Yeah. As much shit as I give him on the yeah. group chat. Kent, <laughs> Kent, Kent and Coke has uh, he's won he's he's got a Rolex that he won in Daytona. He's he does not yeah, that slow. Yeah, exactly. There's there's some there's some fast dudes in your yep. group. So what um, what about you, Abe? Have you ever done the, any sim uh, stuff? You got anything to add? Beyond messing around at uh, Adam's house in his basement, I haven't done anything. So from um, someone from someone most, who just messed around, what are your what you, what's your thoughts? Uh, what were we driving? I think it was like the the MX Five mm-hmm. Cup. I don't. I found it to just be challenging to drive because the car just seemed to want to spin all the time. Yeah, but um, that's like that's like the experience. I guess it takes some. It takes a. I don't know. Probably say six or seven hours of play time. I guess or drive times before you realize that the G forces aren't there, and you you get the hang of that. Um, yeah, but it's just like. Yeah, that was the hardest. Yeah, it's part just for like me. anything. It's just like just like whenever I drove Dan at Road Atlanta, and I was super far away from the steering wheel, and the shifter f- felt like a floppy noodle, and it took me, you know, it took me two sessions before I felt like I was at it. You know, it's like the same thing with the sim. You just gotta you just get it figured out, and then well, like growing up, I, I spent a ton of time on um, like Gran Turismo three and Gran Turismo four. I mean, probably hundreds and hundreds of hours playing those games. And uh, after college and grad school and all of that, I hadn't spent much time playing. And so only recently did I start just tinkering with, what, Forza 7? Yeah. And uh, all of the engines and stuff that make the the physics work just seems so much more accurate. But in that way, it's like the driving style is so much more different because now you actually like have to drive instead of just being good at playing Gran Turismo or Forza. Yeah, you can't look at it like a video game. Think about it more like you're in a car and you get more out of it that way, I think. Yeah, the it it, it took me quite a while to adjust. Uh and, and I 
was never very good at like Gran Turismo or anything yeah. back in the day either. Like I was okay, but uh, I, I do wonder if some people are just better at video games uh, than others. I'm sure that's a. It's just I'm, I wonder. I bet you more of it's learned than anything. I never really put the time in. I haven't put the time into iRacing either. I've I mainly set it up in order to get like just familiar with the tracks. Um, that were on there, but uh, and it, like it helped me a lot at Mid Ohio. Even when I ran, I just instructed, you know, at Mid Ohio, and I felt super comfortable there because the night before I left, I put like two hours into it and just drove around in circles in Mid Ohio. And I was, uh, it's shocking how much it can help with just comfortability on a racetrack. Yeah, that's a so. that's super big. It just it, it teaches you the weight transfer and all that stuff, though, and you know, getting getting off the yeah. pedal to get the car rotated, especially because. You know, the laps are unlimited. You do as much as you want, and you're right there with somebody who's in the same car as you. If, can, you know, because you run with your buddies and you're racing, you know, you're racing with your buddies if you, if you, you know, jump into one of our leagues or whatever. And then so you can compare yourself with someone in the same car right there with you and ask them, like, what are you doing different? And yeah, I don't know. I think it, it's a super big value. I think that if you're spending money on racing, all this big money and you're not taking advantage of how cheap the sim stuff is and how much it'll you know give you to the real car i think you're you're really missing a big hole in your game yeah i'm i'm, I'm always gonna have a lot of holes in my game <laughs> whatever <laughs> holes in your game hey abe uh, i got I, I got a question for abe how come we how come we're not doing a grid life in texas abe uh that's that's a really good question yeah uh, how come you're not doing a grid life in texas <laughs> uh well, I I think the biggest limitation for grid life right now is just time and uh, effort. Who asked and that question? Money. Um, uh, that was in the Grid Life Touring Cup. Um, I think it was the Grid Life Touring Cup. It was Andy Gilchrist? Um, oh Gilchrist, yeah, I see Gilchrist, that question Gilchrist, now. But uh, yeah, it, it. I would love to start moving. Or I mean, we're we're venturing west with the. It's kind of a different festival, but with the Colorado event. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still. But I would still, love to start branching out in the next a, year or two. We're Eleven hours from me or something. So, the answer, Andy, as soon as they will let us have one in Texas, as soon as Adam and the Grid Life one and the Grid Life Gods man. will let us have one in Texas, we will. The, the, I mean, we can't bring a, we can't bring festivals everywhere, but we can bring events everywhere. Um, I, I would, I would. We've talked about it. We probably would top out at like four festivals a year. Um, we're going to sort of do three and sort of do four this year. We have the two major festivals, and then Colorado will be a different kind. And then I think Road America is going to feel more more like a festival with just less nightlife. So, yeah, for sure. Um, and so under I, I, under, yeah, under that question, um, Di Wynn says that he's a member at MSR Houston. He can call in some favors if you want. So you have a connect at a, at a Texas right. track there. That and that's the a, that's the track I did my first track day at. It's a fun track. It'd be good for good for a grid life event. So uh, I think people see the kind of the circus of grid life at you know these big festivals, and they think that the machine is is huge, right? And as there's just a tremendous <laughs> yeah. amount of staff, and like you know all of this is is just so enormous, and there's like massive money coming through, and it's like no man, we run. We run a really lean operation and a tight ship. Yeah, and, uh, those are num- all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the number of uh, full-time employees is very, very few, and you know, guys it's, like yeah, Adam and two. myself, yeah. uh, 
we do this after we work our real jobs and we do it largely just because we love doing it. So the, uh, uh my business card says co-founder motorsports director. And, uh, and I, I do it all after work. <laughs> So it, uh, it it it's it's still a labor of love for a lot of for a lot of us. I mean, and so it's, a lot of times it's, for, it's for been some, building years. Like you know. for for me, I do what I I do everything that I can to manage my vacation time in my real job, uh, so that I can take time to do grid life things. And yeah. I'm lucky enough to have a wife that kind of supports that, or at least tolerates it, and comes to the events with me and. Uh, actually helps and works events. So that's yeah. that's time we get away from home, but we're still working. Yeah, Ashley's, Ashley's a, a big help in registration and in timing and stuff like that. So, um, And another question from Dai, uh, Dai Wynn. He, he said, uh, how do you shake off the jitters after wrecking on track? I feel like I'm not the same driver since after two track incidents. Um Abe, you had a little bit of a schmazzle a few years ago where you got uh, uh, you went off track and then somebody followed fo- or went, followed you off track and hit you. Uh, did that affect your driving the rest of the year, your nerves or anything? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know that I've fully shaken it yet. I haven't really competed in anything since then. Um, well, years. you competed in Road Atlanta sure. since then. Uh, but. but I can tell you that 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 track scares me and I don't have the stones to, to go fast on that track. I just don't. Yeah. And, uh, now I, I do, I just do the, the driving just because it's fun. And like I can handle a track like Blackhawk, um, a, a lot more. It doesn't get to my nerves in the same way that road Atlanta did. And so yeah. maybe if you're trying to get past it, you should go to the tracks that you genuinely have fun at and you should focus on not competing, but just focus on having fun again. That's good advice. That's that was that was sort of what I was going to say. Um, I've had on track incidents. Uh, I had two two incidents where one I was driving a buddy's car at Autobahn and uh, hit million dollar corner, and it was the second lap I've ever driven the car. It was the second lap the car had ever been on track. And it turns out that the poly bushings in the back were like disintegrated, and this thing like loaded up and snapped, and uh, um, hit the cor- hit the wall. And we fixed the car with paintless dent repair, like it wasn't the end of the world. Um, and it was just a cheap old Honda. Uh, and then like I think it was like a month later, uh, and I was like fine after that. Like I drove my car on track the same day I was instructing at a Chin Motorsports event. Um, and I was like, fine. I didn't. I didn't feel like I had any jitters. And then, like a month later, I hit the wall at CMP, uh, Carolina Motorsports Park. I lifted in the kink, uh, and I was doing like a little over hundred or something. It was pretty pretty high rate of speed for like my third lap. It was my third lap there ever. And I lifted in the kink, and I went to the left. Uh, the car. Uh, I got in a, kind of a tail slapper, and then the car went le- track left, uh, sideways, and I hit the worker station like way, way, way off to the left. And I had this Polish dude riding in the car with me and he had a heavy Polish accent and we hit the wall on the passenger side and I was panicking. I've told this story. I was panicking and like, I look at him and I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he goes, that was fucking awesome, man. (laughs) And, uh, it was was not awesome at all, but, uh, uh, I drove okay the next day, but then like two months later, I got on track just at just some random event, and I had like massive jitters. Like, 
it, it was that was the worst one. I I've I've been in a couple. I've been in a wreck uh, in wheel to wheel, but I was just rear ended that at the start. Like it wasn't even a high speed thing. That that didn't really give me any jitters since then. But um, the one at the one where I hit the and this is the red car that I'm building right now. This is my hatchback. The one where I hit the wall there. Like it took me like a solid year. I think it was kind of a cumulative. Like holy crap, you just crashed twice in two months. You know. Um, it took me like a solid year, year and a half to feel like it was my hobby still, you know, like it, it, I fixed the cars like and they were both cheap. Paintless dent repair actually pulled all the dents out of my red hatch, too, in the quarter panel. And there's like heavy paintless dent repair, like really, really good guy. We had to change the door, uh, but he somehow he straightened out the quarter panel on both these cars. But um, Ooh, uh, as it, a follow up to it, that, I'll say that uh, driving something slow as fast as you can is another way to enjoy it. Like that's a good, uh, that, that's another, that's another good one. The, the like a Honda fit is a perfect example. If you're used to driving a really fast car and you want to dial yourself back in, drive a Honda. Yeah, fit. Back yeah, I, mean, I think, back I think down. die. Yeah. One of his wrecks was in a real high horsepower car. Um, so, and I know he has some lower horsepower stuff too. His S two thousand and Civics and stuff. So maybe stick to your slower cars for for a while and you know try to build back up. Also, I I, I was also gonna say I was gonna say maybe maybe get a whole sim set up. I just was gonna say that too. Yeah, sim and just get good at Especially that. Especially if the track yeah. you have coming up next yeah. is on the sim. Um, just just yeah. burn burn drive. out laps and drive a drive you, a drive. You need to get to the point. Um, where driving is uh, almost subconscious, right? And you're focusing because I think Dai yeah. is, you know, he's trying to do wheel to wheel and stuff. So you need to be able to the driving part is in the background, you know, and you're looking for flags yep. and trying to pass the next person, and that's that's where the you know the front of your mind is at. Yeah, I, I think you got to get yourself super comfortable in a car. Go to a low stress track day, especially if you're a member. Then you can do like a member day and like do a couple laps, come in, like. And then a, a thing that Ross Bentley talks about a lot is uh, visualization. You yeah, know? that helps. Um, so I, I would I would come in after a few laps and just try to like visualize everything, and then go back out and just sit back and and. And don't feel like you have to drive about, every you know, session. If you feel anxiety creeping up, like oh, I, I made four mistakes in a row, yeah. pull off. You know, pull off. Don't don't ever say this is the last time I'm going out. Yep. You know, there. Uh, so much about it is just getting it, getting back out of your own head yeah. and and getting into the getting into the 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 space in your brain where where you're not. Where you're thinking your way through the corners, but you're not thinking about every action, every shift, every every movement of the steering wheel you don't panic when the rear end starts to walk out that was my biggest thing was like when the car would start to rotate which with a honda is like all the time i i would i would clam up and clamp up a little bit you know and that's not a good i mean sometimes i was hitting i was lifting wrong and i had a couple of spins because like i just instinctively lifted like in the six in the six seven eight uh the left right uh uh combo at gingerman um and like I went off track deep one time because I just lifted because I panicked, you know. Um, so you got to you just got to work. I think I think just time. And I think I I really wonder how how uh, a sim would have made it better for me. Probably would have sped that up a lot. Yeah. It, well, I think about uh, when I was driving uh, Matt Williams Fit um, this year at Midwest Festival and at Round Five, and um, 
what I found myself asking wasn't, okay, what speed do I need to reduce in order to make it through this corner? Instead saying like, okay, how fast can I go through this corner before the car starts to feel out of control? And so lap after yeah. lap, because I was just, I was in a car where I could turn laps. It was just pushing harder and harder and harder until the point where the car was going pretty good. And it was mostly just because I felt comfortable in it. Yeah, I think just getting comfortable. That's uh I think that's super important. But anybody else got a question they want? We got probably twenty, thirty minutes left here. Um a lot of people twenty a lot of people minutes. asking about comp school for Grid Life Touring Cup. One guy says mid Ohio comp school info, okay. general G L T C updates. Yeah, we we've we do have a lot of talk about the wheel to wheel class that was announced, the Grid Life Touring Cup. But uh yeah, we uh the one of our lead instructors, both of our lead instructors are wheel to wheel racers, uh, Scott Giles and Ryan Kristoff. And, and Scott Giles has ran a bunch of organized a bunch of cop schools for for both major sanctioning bodies in years past. So he's his he, he's he seems really passionate about it. Um, and uh, he's the one who uh, who's probably going to be the point man for cop school. Um and we're pretty much going to run comp school whenever it's requested. Uh, and my thought, uh, we're still working out details and curriculum and stuff, but Scott's got, Scott's got a basic curriculum formed and like a, uh, a run of show for the weekend formed. Um, yeah, Scott, we actually Scott have a, seems, a call coming up soon. Scott about seems it, very so. passionate in making the best comp school ever. You know, so yeah, I th- the, it's going to uh, be uh, in- I, I intensive, think, uh, but also very educational. I, what my my vision for it, um, and this is kind of our uh, Scott and I are pretty much in agreement about everything that we're talking about. But my vision for it is that the 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 weekend where you enter comp school, a lot of your sessions will happen in the race. You'd probably be at the back with either Scott or I potentially uh, doing some drills, and then we'll we'll chase the race crowd down. Uh, but it'll be classroom intense. And I think the beginning parts of the classroom, um, the traffic management and stuff like that, uh, I think a lot of that stuff is going to be kind of a wheel-to-wheel and time, rookie time attack comp school. I really want to bring rookie time attack guys in for some for some uh, comp school um, uh, meetings, basically, to really you know, try to get their heads into the correct space for you know open passing and uh, and a lot of those a lot of those topics cross between wheel to wheel and then time attack and then wheel to wheel just gets a little bit more intense you know um so i think we're going to have more of a base comp school and then the and then there'll be more meetings for wheel to wheel specific items um yeah and one one thing that's that's wanna, good too i, I, I want to have a more rookie time attack also is all so. the you know because uh the race classes mostly lower horsepower you know between 150 and 250 horsepower you're not going to be doing comp school on somebody yeah. with you know big horsepower stuff so everyone can stay together you can put you can put them at yeah. the back and um, not have to worry about them you know going past the field or anything like that yeah and and, and it'll probably be like you know it, it it would the main goal for comp school um because we're accepting major wheel to wheel licenses and we're accepting like heavy uh lemons or champ car experience um heavy heavy I, experience, that was kind of yeah. how i did my <laughs> yeah that was how i did my comp school was uh, was le- with 
basically lemons. And then I got signed off by Lee Grimes and Tom Lamb and got my license for SCCA through the alternative licensing path. Uh, basically, it's like a vouch system that they have uh, that like, you know, no, it, I would trust racing with this guy. He's done a lot of hours. Um, but I, I, I really think a lemons field is like the best comp school for awareness and stuff for situational awareness and for like, uh, out of class passing and for slow car pa for like big disparity in speed. Like you wouldn't believe the amount of passing you do in a lemons race. Um, and I, I felt very prepared when I went into wheel to wheel immediately, but those are some of the lessons that I, I learned from, and Scott's been doing a lot of the champ car stuff uh, and the WRL and AER style stuff uh, with Tom O'Gorman and the rest of their team. Um, I think a lot of those lessons from like the budget, the, the quote unquote budget endurance racing, some of those things are what I want to bring into the comp school versus uh, some of the drivers that I drove with on my first weekend in wheel to wheel um, were... I you know, seasoned veterans and like they were way less aware than I thought they should be. Um, I want to bring everybody into like the hyper awareness, know where all the cars are, get them in good habits of scanning the mirrors in the, in the right places, listening for the noises, etc. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty good. And then, uh, um, yeah. And then we'll have our own licensing program for people that have graduated through that. So, but yeah, it'll it'll sort of pretty much be at every event that we run uh, where wheel to wheel is. That's kind of the goal, uh, and maybe maybe it'll be at all events, um, and we'll have rookie time attack guys uh, run through the same comp school, uh, or at least portions of it. So that's that's the the general ideas right now. So yeah, should be should be good. So get your cars ready, and then we'll make and then we'll make Abe do. Uh, Abe, do all the work so I can go have fun, right? Does that mean I get to do comp school? Because that sounds fun. Yeah, if you want. we got to get you in a car. you got to buy yourself a, a, a multi-layer suit. Yeah, uh, that should be easy. Maybe I can use my money from my Jeep uh, class action lawsuit now, settlement. To I, do, I do have a question for you, Adam, about the comp school uh, for me. So to, for me to do comp school with the organization I did it with, I had to have my car ready. Um, fully passed tech. Right. Is it going to be the same, or are you going to be able to do comp school and maybe sit out the congregated wheel to wheel sessions? And I, th I think it's. I think if you're going to do wheel to wheel comp school, you have to be able to. You have to possess or borrow a car that would safety would be safety. All right, legal listeners and roughly class. Got to have your car know, ready to do so. comp school. Uh, I think so much of it is like like. Even side by side drills and stuff like that, like that's that's important stuff. Um, so I, I think just getting out there in the race group, uh, you'd need to be safety legal, and so I think that's a big part of it. But um, Jonathan Lyons asked, "Is the Road America event also going to be a festival?" And we kind of answered that. It's, it's going to be a little bit more than a regular track battle weekend, um, but that's some of that is kind of TBD. Uh, and then will Slip Angle listeners ever hear about why Wheel to Wheel was delayed? I bet, I bet Slip Angle listeners can keep a secret. Um, no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll tell you in yeah, person. But honestly, it all worked out for the best because I think our our plans Absolutely. before were to yeah. maybe release that track day picnic in 2018, and the the rules yep. were not as good as they are now, and everything happens for a reason. And now we're starting off with the fresh season, way more hype and way more buzz, and it's gonna, you know. Yeah, I think it's. A, I'm glad it happened. It happened at a good. It happened at a way, good time. You know? The the release happened at a good time too. Yeah. So. I have one. See, um, um, 
Chandler Marr says, what's the definition of insanity? But I think he was kind of kidding. Um, I, I think the definition of insanity is racing cars. And then serious note, though, what Absolutely. what data should an intermediate driver be paying the most attention to? And he says, in parentheses, aim solo. So he's got aim data like you know most everybody. Um, yeah. I have an idea on that. What do y'all think? Um, I think uh, I think just having a basic like aim solo, uh, and and tr- the biggest thing I would do is compare it to somebody in a similar car or in your car who you really trust as a driver. And some people don't like you know uh, newer drivers. Sam Cost uh, chimed in there like you know maybe maybe you just work on doing the the stuff first. But I mean Chandler is Chandler's an intermediate driver that's got more experience than like most of our. Uh, advanced guys from five years ago probably had, but uh, I think I would compare uh, if you can start to understand the data stuff. I would compare it to to somebody who you who you you know know is a solid driver out there, and just just see if you yeah. uh, see if you know see if you can notice any any places where you're working on you know where you can work think, on stuff. I think uh, uh, so, you should start working on all that stuff right away. I think a lot of people put stuff on pedestal like data. People put tires on pedestals like. You know, an HPD one with like a track day organization, it's like, oh, if you, as soon as you run slicks, they're going to break away in five seconds and you're going to die and spin into the wall, you know, and you get on Hoosiers and you're like, yeah. oh, these are easier to drive than street tires. You know, you're just going faster. Um, you know, so <laughs> there, there is some truth of, to that. I, I do think that I think I, in that in that topic, I think I think that be the beginners probably shouldn't be on those tires because they don't really talk back to you very much. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's the main. That's, that's a bit subjective. Reason. Like in my opinion, I get more feel out of the Hoosiers, and maybe that's just because I have a lot of experience. You know, in the dirt bikes, and they don't make any noise. You know, that you just feel everything. But I get just as much feel out of yeah. the Hoosiers, and honestly, the street tires are just annoying. They squeal every time you turn, and they just they just get <laughs> they get louder and louder, and then break away randomly. Um, but anyway, that's a different conversation. The whole point is, in my opinion, like I think that more experienced drivers sometimes put things on pedestals when they're talking to beginners, and instead of educating the beginners on what you know what's going, you know, yeah. just like anything in life, like and when you're in junior high. They're like, oh, high school is going to be so hard. Then college is going to be so hard. And then yeah. the real world's going to be so hard. You know, it's like, I'm just like, let's educate the people about what they're getting into. Um, but for. Yeah, I think in in uh, in this topic here, Scott Robertson said that uh, he thinks the key that is that a driver develop not just consistency, but the right kind of consistency. And I think data can definitely help. That. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think what I would do, you know, you've got a name solo, maybe. Ask uh, Tom O'Gorman to do a lap in your car so you have some good data to look off of. Um, download every AIM how-to video because the program's kind of confusing and figure out how to set up the sectors and how to look at everything um, and then really use that predictive. Uh, you can really learn a lot from the predictive timer. And uh, the the biggest, like, I think you can set up, like, math channels in AIM. Um and the biggest one that I like to set up, there's like plenty of tutorials on how to do it, but there's one called GSUM, and it um, you set up to where it adds up, you know, your longitudinal and, and lateral G's, and the goal is like you, you know, say you have 1.3 G's at braking, the really good drivers see that 1.3 G's all the way until they start to unwind the throttle. So when they brake, 
as they release the brake, you know, and trail off the brakes when they're trail breaking into the corner, they maintain that peak G all the way through until they get back on the gas. And so I think look for look for that and then uh, try and compare your data to I think it's better to have someone really fast drive your car and look back at it com- than compare it to someone else's car. So yeah, uh, I had time. I had time drive my car. <laughs> speaking um, from, I guess my own experience, I noticed that I uh, kind of to your point, Derek. I noticed that when I enter into corners, let's say let's say corner three at Gingerman, I'll find myself uh, letting off the throttle and maybe coasting for half a second or even a second before I really start to apply the brake hard. And something that I see in common with a lot of drivers who are really consistent and really fast is the amount of time that they spend between the brake or like between the gas and the brake and the brake and the gas is really small, right? So if they're not braking, they're back on throttle. And um, to me, it seems like time lost is a lot of that time just spent like be getting ready for a corner, you know, or or maybe you're you're not quite uh, perfect on the speed that you need to be in and you have to break again and stuff like that. So being consistent yeah. on those inputs and corner I've, entry, I think I've found it's a, it's a whole lot better to bring your braking zone back and hit the brake w- once first and then, and then trail mm-hmm. brake into the corner and you can kind of find your entry speed that way. And then you can bring your braking zone up from the five to the four to the three, you know, as you're doing more laps, but to try to break at the one right away, then you'll overshoot the corner. And you're not learning anything that way, man. I've, I've got a car that's 3,500 pounds and 500 horsepower. I've never braked at the one in my life uh, or excuse me, just, 500 just, horsepower and 3,500 pounds. Just right? keep adding arrow. You'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots you, you um, can watch the real the real badass guys data and sometimes they are off off all inputs too like they'll they'll get on the brakes hard and they'll they'll trail off they'll you know use the the release of the brake to rotate the car and then sometimes if you wait a second before you go back to gas you can go back to full throttle versus going right back to gas partial and then go to full throttle yeah, there's not a lot of right answer with a lot of these things, but uh, so much of it is car setup dependent, how the car does in yeah, that's in things that's like true that too, too, for sure. Um, that's why I think putting putting somebody I, I really have, fast near your car is really beneficial. Yeah, to see. yeah that's what I was just gonna say. Having having somebody who's a good setup man, woman, whatever you know, drive your car is a solid idea. But um. So this Blake is Meredith a- wants to talk about five hundred dollar race cars. I don't think those actually exist. <laughs> I think that's a that's a fake thing that's not real unless you're running dirt circle track. So this is entirely unrelated to uh track stuff, but I'm browsing through my own Facebook feed here and uh the tuner that I work with and the shop for which I had a bunch of work done in the past has uh, refocused and is working mostly now on Mustang GT three fifties. They build yeah. custom turbo kits for these cars, and they apparently just reset the world record, I don't know, uh, for horsepower on a turbo GT350, 23 PSI, 1,348 horsepower, and 913 torque on a Dynojet. Is that a stock motor or no? I don't think so, but... That's a lot of power, though. It's a lot. <laughs> 
insane. Is that an auto or a stick? You know, I couldn't tell you, um, but I can tell you that if you look at the horsepower graph, it hasn't peaked yet. It's it's like a you know like a uh, diagonal line from twenty five hundred all the way up to nine thousand. Like like a sixty degree line going straight up. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) That's rad. At, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember when, when you got your fuel setup done, you were talking about how they're basically just doing Mustang stuff, but they're doing just G2350s for the most part? I think so, yeah. They seem cool. to be doing pretty good That's the good flat plane crank one, right? Yep, that's that one. Yeah, Oof, pretty cars. We've had a few of those uh, run with us. I, I freaking love those things. I'm expecting uh, some drivers who maybe classed poorly last year um, in time attack to, to jump into street GT with that car and have it be pretty co- pretty good. I think, uh, yeah, I think it would, that car would fit in very nicely in street T- street GT and be on like properly sized tires for the car. And yeah, stuff. for sure. But, um, yeah, we're getting requests for uh, a grid life event at Grattan raceway. I really, I really want to run Grattan. I don't know why we. I haven't, don't know. But, I've never uh, been there. That's not in the sim. So what, <laughs> tell me about that track. No, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's on the it's it's a little bit north of uh, of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it's probably an hour north of Gingerman, um, hour hour and a half north. Uh, and uh, it's it's kind of like Blackhawk in the regard where you have to drive across the track to get in the track. It's like a, a center track kind of thing, you know. You got a the paddock's in the middle, um, but people love that track. They love it. Like it's it's raved about by a lot of people. Um, I guess it's super fun to race wheel to wheel at. So, hmm. is that I, um, I can't remember. Waterford Hills and Grattan get me confused. One of them has like kind of a jump. Which one is yeah, that? Yeah, Grattan's got the jump. Yeah, Grattan's Ooh, got I the like jump. Jumps. Waterford Hills is a narrow, small track. I think uh, Waterford's right out by Christoph. I feel Detroit. like we need to get. Can we get our own mobile curbs we can set up to make cool jumping curb videos like the old touring car videos? Definitely not going to build oh, those. Come on. I'm not going to build those. Come on. <laughs> Don't they have those at Coda? Where don't they have curbs that move in Coda? Yeah, yeah, they have bolts in and out. They're they're more like um, they're like big triangles though, because they they have to take them out for the motorcycles. The, oh, that's why. They're yeah, moving, and they have huh? different heights. So you there's ones that are you know it's funny because these guys will go in. Uh, they'll do like HPDs with the curbs out, and then they'll put these times online. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I did a two nineteen or whatever, which is really fast. And then you'll watch their video, <laughs> and they're, just and they're driving, driving straight, straight through the S's. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I wondered. I wondered uh, when I saw some chat. Um, or heard some chat in uh, in the time attack meeting down at PRI about the curbing. I thought, is that all removable? Because I'm I've seen it videos with it in. Yeah, like the the corner the uh, the corner curbing, like all that. the the stuff on corner exit, like all that's in there. But you can just go over those curbs. But there's some big like triangle ones that they add in that you cannot go over. Like they'll you know take out oil pans yeah. and and all kind of stuff. A, a focus. Um, Focus RS or whatever, like caught fire one one event I was at because it went over one of those curbs and and uh, nicked the oil pan, you know. And poof. Yeah, that's, that's not good for business, man. No, no, not not good for business. Um, we should take maybe all. one or two more, and then I uh, I think we got to call it because I got to make these edits. No. Yeah, Abe wants to make the edits tonight because he's uh, uh, he says he's too busy tomorrow. <laughs> And 
And he and now that he figured out how to do it, he won't let me do it because I'm not. Oh, as I have good. a I have a question for <laughs> for Abe. <laughs> do up? you think it's important that Adam races the first Grid Life Touring Cup race? Yes. Yeah, me too. So he, he shut Why? up, Adam. We're talking. So it's it's like christening a <laughs> yeah, ship. So dude. he you, you, so like, Adam's already trying to bow out in the uh, rules committee group chat, saying he needs to. I'm not trying to sh- bow out. I'm saying. It's gonna be like, it's gonna be the most stressful moment of my so, life. So, listeners, Adam told to us he wants to make this this class so that he has a moment of fun in these events where he basically steers the ship, you know, on the motorsport side. And then now he's trying to bow out of the first race. So, all you listeners, I'm not I bowing need you to, out. To, I just to, wanted to, to be email right. Adam at grid.life and text and message and tell right. him that so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he has yeah. to race the first Let's race. Let's talk this out for a second, Adam. What, in terms of it being right, what is the difference know. between you know. being in a car and standing in the paddock going to be? In terms of the final, no, output. nothing. There's zero nothing because difference. I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be on the radio with whoever is running control anyway. So <laughs> it's gonna be fine. I, I I'm I'm sure I'll be in in the race if I have a car. Yeah, that's I mean, working, I, I get it so. if like you do the first race and like oh you lose a hub or something, you know, and you don't want to thrash to get it back together. Or but, you like finish last. But if you have a car, know. you're running. Oh well, yeah. It, the uh, the 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 thing that stressed me out was uh, when was it? It was. I think. I think. I think. I. Te- I put that in the chat on Monday, uh, probably Monday. And I was. Uh, I was up at the Grid Life office on Monday, working. We're framing out some walls and building a little storage area, uh, not little, a thousand square foot storage area. But uh, uh, Chris and I were talking a lot about like it's got to be, it's got to be the cleanest, best wheel to wheel. Like we, it can't be, a, it can't be a shit show for lack of a better term. You know, um, because. We have so many photographers at these events. Like every kid that's got a smartphone thinks they're a photographer. I can't have a schmozzle in turn one at Mid Ohio. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be clean. Um, I mean, people think that grid life events are like a shit show because like four cars crashed at Rotolan. Because they've never been. Uh, And that's like it's only the people. That's like every event at Rotolan. It's the the people who've never (laughs) never been that. To say those and, things. But it's but it's mainly the amount of it's also the amount of people with cameras and they actually take pictures. People don't take pictures anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. Um, because they're working on their cars. Because the only people at a lot of events are the ones who are doing the driving. You know. Um, but I this has got to be it's got to be right. Yeah, it's I mean, got to be really clean. Every, and it's going to be meeting every intense and MSR stuff. MSR Houston event I've ever been to, there's at least six or seven total cars. That track has one wall. There's yeah. one wall to hit. And uh, seven cars will find the, it every weekend. The the average of totaled cars at Road Atlanta is uh, seven or six, or, yeah, four per one hundred or six per one hundred. Um, and we've always been uh, quite a bit under the average. And I think the the weekend after we left, like thirty percent of a Ferrari Challenge weekend, a thirty percent of the cars got to- got like almost written off. <laughs> Um, it's just a dangerous track, but, but I don't want, I don't, I don't want those videos, uh, happening. I but want yeah, this to be no super funny business and, and things the, are going to uh, happen. Things the driver happen, are going to be but... very no contact heavy. So it'd be, mm-hmm. it'd be good. Uh, well, it, wheel to wheel is not fun when you got to go to freaking Mako afterwards or freaking Bob's body shop. Like that sucks. Let's, like, let's, let's take it home and just wipe all Elkhart? the marks off. What's that? What's the name of your dude in Elkhart? 
Oh, uh, Scott's paint and performance. <laughs> is that your guy? <laughs> He's the man. That's the cheapest. That's the cheapest goodbye That's guy in the Mike, country. <laughs> Mike Taylor has a really good, really good guy too that brought Squirrel Two back to life. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, Cottrell's or something out in uh, out in Buford, Georgia, or Cumming, Georgia. But there's a really good racer body shop down in Georgia. Ooh, um, got me thinking about Georgia. Georgia. Um, what, what's that? Oh, I was down there a was few months your mind? ago and. Uh, uh, Tony Fuentes took me to his favorite Korean barbecue spot in the entire oh, country. He, yeah, and, I think you talked about that here. <laughs> oh, did I? So when we get back yeah, down to Road Atlanta, I want barbecue we're going. now. How far from Road Atlanta is it? Not far. I'm about that line. Nice, north, nice. It's like on the northeast side of town, so it's it's yeah, not that far awesome. at all. It seems like every place I drive to in Atlanta is is 75 minutes from the racetrack. Uh, Road Atlanta's not really in Atlanta. It's like, it's it's like, like takes it's, like forty five minutes from the airport, I think. Yeah, it, it, uh, if there's no traffic, it's taken me like an hour. Whenever and a half before, my but. first Good Life South, yeah. uh, twenty seventeen, when I rented that Camaro SS, yeah. and brought it to the track and then tracked it. Uh, whenever yeah. I got it from the rental place at the airport, won't name the rental place, and whenever I drove it to the track, it had a pull to the left. And whenever I left the track, it drove straight. So, I don't know. I guess I hit. <laughs> I fixed, fixed it. it. I brought it back with lots of, uh, uh, what do you call them, the little black rubber marks? Lots of. Uh, yeah, the, the, the other people's yeah, rubber marks. all over. Oh, oh yeah. hey, Adam. Um, hey, oh, Abe, go ahead. Never mind. Yeah. I was going to say, Abe, we got another question uh, just now um, from Ryan Finch. Uh, will I get my trophy back soon? Damn it. We gotta. We, we haven't gotten that trophy fix figured out yet. I need to order him a trophy. I need to figure it out, yeah, with Chris. Well, and he he every time did every well time we order trophies, it hasn't happened in the same weekend. He finished first, I think, and totaled a car. Uh, and the man deserves a trophy. So you know, we, we need yeah, to get. Uh, him I th- I, th- I think his was the his was the situation where the trophy fell and broke. Dang, that sucks. Yeah, I think I can't remember why. I think it like slipped out of my hand or out of someone's hand. I want hand. I, I want remember, Good Life Touring Cup to have a championship belt or a belt that rotates like a. Don't get me started on championship belts. I want man. a belt. Ugh. I'm so sick of hearing about wrestling belts, belts for trophies. Belts are awesome. <laughs> Damn it! What you guys don't like belts? Derek, I agree with you 100. No. percent well, Wait, are you Abe are you on board with to, the Abe wants a belt? Yeah, let's real do belts. Bad. Did you guys yeah, see Abe the mean Gene died this week? We should absolutely no. Do I belts. want I want I want a belt. <sighs> um, and every every time you win a weekend in Good Life Touring Cup, the next race you have to you have to uh, strap the belt to your roll cage and then run with it all weekend. And we can add, you know, like. It's gonna be a really yeah. Heavy it'll belt. be like a ten pound belt, and then so you get a little bit of winter ballast for the next <laughs> the next event. <laughs> we'll just make a new one for every time. Tom O'Gorman's gonna have those things flapping around like they're uh, like they're I know, cans right? after a yeah, wedding. Yeah, and if day. you don't come if you don't come to the next <laughs> race, then you have to you know two days ship the belt to us. <laughs> right. Well, I'll just make more of them. We'll just leave them all hanging in Tom's uh, TCA car. He's probably gonna bring. It's gonna be. A, I don't know what he's going to bring because he's not tell me that I could drive. He's not. Uh, he's not racing TCA this this coming year. No, I know, but he he said that Honda wants TCA cars like all over the place, yeah. and maybe that maybe he's going br- to bring a TCA so. car on street tires and make us all feel dumb. Um, 
I, I want I, I sort of before we sign off I sort of want to like uh, thank everyone for the warm uh, and positive vibes about this wheel to wheel class I am like literally blown yeah, away yeah me too like by the you vibes. guys are dude everyone it's so I mean there is like hardly any complaining about the rules everyone loves them so the cri- and the criticism has been like so constructive yeah. too like things that we forgot and yeah like what did we like, fix some- yeah we, we, we fixed some something stuff. about live axles like guy. Uh, um yeah uh, whenever whenever the next update goes up uh that'll be in the, that'll be in there too so the uh it'll i i'm just stoked about it i'm really excited about it and i appreciate the opportunity from uh from everybody uh, uh that has given me the okay for everybody from chris to the insurance company to everybody else so i'm i'm excited about it it'll be fun now we got to tell all these racetracks that we're yeah, doing yep here we come racetracks <laughs> The flag, the the yeah. flaggers are gonna be like all oh, relaxed with HVD, and then they're gonna oh here comes the wheel to wheel. It's not gonna be that much different than time yeah, attack. Yeah, I guess that's, you know? that's time true. Time pretty It's pretty competition. I like how confused the but, uh, uh, worker corner the corner guys look when the drifters come out. <laughs> they're just like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's always one um, at, at like at one of the festivals. There's always one worker who will come on the radio and say. Uh, like something about a car losing control <laughs> and then those, oh oh no never mind <laughs> it, it, it happens every single drift session like oh car oh it is car car in one car, oh, oh never mind <laughs> i i have it's, a question uh, it's, for it's adam funny. when do i get to do my first standing that- start I don't know. We we got to see how good uh, how good we all are at wheel to wheel and how how close the parity is. The only thing I worry about with standing starts is that we are going to have a wide variety of cars, um, and so they'll probably all do things differently. Uh, and I really don't want to have a heavy rear end, you know, crash into fest. But uh, um, the 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 caliber of drivers that like it seems interested in it is rather heavy high. Hitters. So maybe yeah, it'll heavy ha- hitters. Yeah, maybe it'll happen sooner than later. I don't know. Um, I think a standing start uh, at Turn 1 at Gingerman at, at Midwest Festival um, would be, like, if the race weekend goes well, uh, that's kind of a goal is to try to do a standing start at Festival because there's going to be a lot of people watching. But that's also the, the place I don't want to do it because then everybody will see somebody get rear-ended <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, no, I'm. I'm uh, I, I do want to do one. I, I mean, I do want to do that, but it's it's also not something that I want to see. You know, be a mess because the way to make this not happen is to have it like be a crash fest. That that's how it goes away, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah. we gotta we gotta establish I mean, have ourselves. Ever, have you ever first, done a standing so. start? I mean, in motocross, we would just all start beside never, each other in the gate strap. I've never go, actually. So. I've never actually done one. All the Honda Challenge races I did were in the southeast, and they weren't doing. Yeah, them, I mean here so. um, at the NASA stuff, the CMC guys always do them. They they always do standing starts, and then they invert the field for their one of their other races too. And they never really have any problems. Yeah, and it looks like a ton of I've fun. I've been talking to the Super Miata guys. Been talking to the Super Miata guys a lot the last few weeks, and uh, they love their format, which is basically that format. Um, they actually, they do like one race and then they flip the field, like, and then do another race right afterwards, which sounds like a really, like everybody's like still in the zone, yeah. you know, that would be really Pretty fun. Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, um, they don't even go off track, yeah. huh? They just yeah. collect them back at the. Yeah. Literally like they might do it in the hot pits, but usually they do it on the front straight. They just, sw- they just flip and then go again. Um, can't, can't quite officially say why I'm talking to super Miata so much, <laughs> but, but, um, 
We'll see. So our sim in our sim racing that we did, we're doing that kind of adopted that future grid life turning cup format of 15 minute races. So we, we had yeah. been doing 30 minute races and they were getting boring at the end of the race and in, uh, in the iRacing race. So this season okay. it was Eric Kutel's idea to change it. Yeah. Kutel. And we do, we do 15 minute race and then the next race, the top 10 gets inverted. So we're having 40 car fields. So we're not doing a full inversion, just the top 10. And, yeah. uh, well, that makes more sense. Too. They're usually going to be the closest in time. Yeah, and so. it was super. I mean, if you um, guys want to watch the race, it was like live announced, and it's on YouTube. Of course, it's cartoon cars, but it's pretty cool. Um, and you can watch. What do you think about in, uh, what do you think about the shorter race? It's formats? way better. Like on the on the sim, yeah, it's just yeah. It just gets you know you set you settle everyone spreads out and settles in a, into a pace, um, and you just end up driving yep. by yourself for the last ten minutes. So yeah. Uh, even in like thirty minute wheel to wheel races, like you know, I, I always had a mid pack car, uh, budget reasons and stuff, you know, and like and driver talent reasons, and like I would always, you know, the leaders would always be a thousand feet ahead of me or two thousand feet ahead of me, and like I would pass all the slow guys, and then it's just HPDE day, yeah, just and you pass like around. one broken, you pass like a broken bug eye sprite and stuff like that but, yeah but i'm yeah I'm, um, I'm into it i like the the inversion too um i think we, yeah we, i think it i think it'll be a good year yeah definitely any other questions Let's see uh the ones that i want to go to are a little bit longer maybe we revert back to these and do another show early next week or something so we have enough questions where we could definitely get another show out of this without a problem. Yeah, or we can just make new but. new posts. I, I kind of enjoy the, you know, I'm at work and then I get to see all these questions. I like whenever we do these. I like there, watching the Facebook pace grow. There's one, since we're talking about, I'm I'm stunned by how many questions we got today. This is like, and, and like last yeah, minute. Two hours. It wasn't like hours and hours like last time. Um. There was one uh, I forget who because we're doing from. we're doing this podcast uh, right now it, later in the night, but the, all these questions were in in two hours. I mean, like posted at five and by seven, most of them were in and yeah, most of them were in in forty five yeah. minutes. Um, we should probably add it up and see how many comments it got to be. Uh, I think it was Peter Morton who I've raced with in SCCA majors before, mm-hmm. but he asked like, how, how come the, there's a waning popularity in the uh, lower horsepower cars and stuff, um, like, uh, you know, for, for younger, younger people, I can't find it now. Um, what do you think the, the, the lack of attraction from young people to, to, uh, sort of the, the lower horsepower wheel to wheel and even like track day cars is everybody wants more power. I think that's sort of it. I, I think people just question. like to be hot rods. It's by Peter Nelson. Um, yeah, Peter question Nelson, okay. semi or colon. Why don't more people, especially younger folks, get into the fun small car classes? HP, EP, GTL, B spec, etc. And uh, I think I comment. I think I, yeah, I commented like- down at the bottom. That's not how you spell Grid Life Touring Cup. <laughs> that's a good yeah. comment. <laughs> Y'all have any ideas? Um, Abe, uh, Abe's got this big crazy horsepower car. Are you are you still attracted to big horsepower cars no. or? No, <laughs> just, the reason I'm not is yeah, like no. I don't I don't have enough money to run as many laps as I want in a power line in a power car like that. Um, it takes yeah. a lot, it, just because it's 
it has a lot of power, but it's also really heavy, which means that you're using a ton of brakes and a ton of fuel and a ton of tires. And like to go out and run a weekend, if you're, if you want to run a hundred laps, that's a lot of driving. Uh, but at the same time, yeah. that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, if Tons. my car was using at, for a time anyway, was probably using like, you know, five gallons of fuel for every 15 minute session you did. And so that becomes like a logistical nightmare to bring enough fuel with you to do that. But on top of that, you just like, I see dollars just like disappearing in the process. Yeah, the heavy, the heavier so and faster fuel. the car, those two things, heavier and faster, both makes it way more expensive to run. Bigger tires, bigger brakes, more fuel. Yeah. I couldn't believe just, just by when – I, when I went from uh, – when I added the weight, when I did a 1.8 conversion to the STL CRX, it was like – I think that was about 20 or 25 percent weight. Uh, it, was, it was about 20 percent weight addition because it was like 400 pounds and it was like a 2,000-pound car before. Not because um, the motor was – not because the motor was that heavier, but because the class that Adam was running and required that displacement. Yes. You probably clear that up. Yeah. Displacement, a, display, yeah, displacement. Yeah, displacement. Yeah, I think the a, a B series yeah. swap is only like what another eighty pounds or something, but uh, not not even. I think it was only sixty yeah, pounds. So he so he had to add another uh, three hundred and sixty uh, pounds of creative ballast in yeah, into three, the CRX three three sixty three eighty yeah. something like that. The uh, um, and I couldn't believe how much it just ate through brake pads so much faster, and it used like. It, I mean, it was twenty pounds heavier, twenty percent heavier, and it used like twenty percent more fuel too. Um, it, it could barely do forty-minute races then, um, because it was basically starting to fuel starve, like last lap. If I didn't have that thing like bubbling out the top, um, and it used like twenty percent more fuel, it just everything became everything disappeared more. So, I I would love to point people more towards the the lower yeah, horsepower I mean, classes. That's what I did. I, and I started I, in the Corvette, and then. You know, bought a set of tires and back, then yeah. rode in a Miata on good tires once and then bought that car. So I, th I, th I, think, I think part I, of the reason I think part of it is that, um, you know, you start out if you're not like a track guy growing up, you start out with a street car and it's like pretty typical yeah. and, and something to do to modify your street car. And, add and if you li if you don't stuff, live in Canyons, yeah. Canyons, Canyons, like Cabot, uh, Slow street cars are canyons, canyons, slow street canyons. cars are boring. You know they're not that that fun yeah. for like I yeah. live in Texas and besides li in, in Austin there's some there's some fun stuff kind of close but like where I grew up I mean there all there is is four ways and straight lines. You know everyone at least has a Mustang or something just because they're and it's the only thing f way to have any fun. Yeah, you hear about the thousand horsepower daily drivers in Texas because they get giant five lane highways and stuff. Yep. Um, I I also think some of the some of the waning popularity um, in in a lot of established wheel to wheel classes is just because uh, so many of the young people they just want to uh, it seems like more than years past uh, decades past it seems like the young people that are into cars want to make it their own and a lot of those rule sets don't allow them. Sure, um, I also think that which was like a. That was a big thing that we focused yeah. on trying to keep as open as we could. And, and we're getting a lot of like cars car. that yeah. haven't raced in a while and are like weird stuff, like four door pro or all protege or four door, but like proteges and you know people talking about bringing Fieros yeah. and all kind of stuff. Um, I, I do think too that yeah. Spec Miata yeah. has kind of stolen a lot of people. Um, that would have be raced in yeah, those other classes. Because I mean, you, he mentioned all those classes, but left out Spec Miata. But Spec Miata, I mean, you can find a full field almost anywhere in the country. 
Yeah, and and anywhere SCCA is strong, Spec Racer Ford is strong. Um, like giant fields, even at regionals, you know. But uh, people are definitely drawn to spec classes. I could see from a driver perspective, like if you're into it just for doing the driving craft of it, uh, those spec classes are incredible. And Spec Miata um, just got a new suspension but, uh, package, which which seems seems yeah, a lot went better. From, went from Bilstein's to Penske's. Penske's yeah, so. I, I was reading on the forums because uh, I'm into Spec Miata. I mean, maybe one day I'd like to buy a buy a real good car at the beginning of the season and run all the runoffs and or run off a bunch of super tours and do the runoffs and then sell it at the end but so i always keep a one eye on the spec me out of man man drama guys <laughs> and the, the spec me out of forums but yeah they're uh, apparently yeah. before spec me out of ran on these old like bilstein replicas from some factory car factory miata um i'm sure all the spec me out of guys are screaming into their um, speakers right yeah, now. The, uh, one to correct the, the, me. They came with they came with Bill. Yeah, but they, I think uh, they from the factory in. Yeah, and they, they were those same shocks, right? I, I thought I thought they were like made by a uh, by a shop. Yeah, well, remember. whatever. Like a- fat appar- cat or something. Apparently, they were so crappy that everyone just ran on the bump stops, right? Like you turn the car in, and then the car goes and goes and goes and then sets on the bump stops, and then they were like. They were, you know, wearing their tires out faster, and they were breaking like subframes and breaking diff mounts and all this stuff because they were essentially, as soon as they got on the bump stops, didn't have any more suspension. So these new Penske's are supposedly, you know, have real dampening, and uh, they, you know, the initial things on the forums are saying that if you run them on the bump stops, they're slower. So I mean, I think that'll make the class even better. Already successful class, so. I'm curious how much faster they go. They might not go a lot faster, but the cars might just be better to live yeah, with. Yeah, I think those. that was the initial things that, that I read was that they're not really going a whole lot faster. I mean, they're still on the same spring rate and everything like that, but um, just a, a lot more yep. easier to drive and more like uh, any other car, you know, instead of this yeah. big soft floaty thing. So, I don't know. Uh, we better we better sign off so that, uh, so that Abe can go to sleep. So. Oh. Yeah, Abe has a bedtime. Yeah, man. I'm a night yeah. I stay up late. All right. Uh, All right, I'll, dudes. Uh, I'll, 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 I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate you dudes hanging out. And uh, and I do I do thank you guys for helping me keep the podcast going. Because when Austin lost interest in cars, it got hard for a while. <laughs> Dude, I'm about it. Anytime. Now we just now we just we steal Austin back once in a while. But um, oh, and. Uh, uh, we didn't uh, mention at the top of the show. I talked to Austin the other day, or yeah, other day. Uh, but we might have an announcement. Uh, Derek might have set up a, a Patreon. Maybe and I might have, and we might have an announcement about that. We'll have an announcement about. We got to figure out what tiers we we want uh, to be able to fulfill and stuff. Um, but there might be a way for the people that have asked, because people have actually yeah. asked to to help support the show. Um, we are we are going to do that, and it's mainly going to be so that we can buy better or more recording gear, and maybe buy travel to go do more. Yeah, cool podcasts like the idea cool in events, my head so. is like, oh, let's two day ship a recorder to Eric Kutul or Promo Ravioli or whoever we want to talk to, you know, and that way we're not getting this crappy audio yeah, if that, we try to call them or like. Or or Abe uh, Abe wants to fly to the Indy race at Coda. Yeah. Uh, him and Derek can do a show about barbecue and get uh, drunk in a food yeah. truck and yeah, stuff like that. I would absolutely do <laughs> that. Uh, 
<laughs> I know you. Was. It's not announced yet, so <laughs> don't definitely don't go on Patreon and search it because it might not be live yet, and it's not announced yet. But we might uh, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No, we we just got to figure out what we're gonna do with it, uh, tier wise. But uh, yeah, we've had quite a few listeners ask, you know, why don't you set one of them things up so I can give you some money? And all right, maybe, maybe we'll do that. I don't know if anybody's gonna actually. And if give anyone us any does, money, but, we're not gonna spend any money on ourselves. We're just gonna use it to buy more crap for this dumb podcast. <laughs> like, there's been there's been so many times, like in the past two years, where Austin's like, man. Uh, I I, I want to do this show. You should come out to this event, and you and I can do like four shows. And then like he doesn't do them because he he's not motivated to do it without somebody else. And like if one of us could fly out there, we could like bang out some banger shows. It'd be rad. Um, and, and I like I I never have any money because I'm always fixing RVs and building stupid race cars and like trying to put a four year old through life. It's I'm freaking broke. But man, if somebody could buy me a flight to L.A., yep. <laughs> then I could get away from a four-year-old for a day. And then people could have things to listen to so on their not... commutes to work. Everyone wins. Yeah, maybe. So I, I, it, it, hopefully it could be a way to make the show better and then uh, and, and more diverse. So I think the diversity has been think, kind of an asset to we, the show. Uh, so. If we got some money from Patreon to make the show better, we could hire new hosts. Yeah, that's a great idea. We could get those dudes that we could get those fuckers that announced that I racing. Yeah, they probably, probably do it. <laughs> there you go. They, we just make the, one of them could be me, and one of the one of them could be Abe, and then like Derek could just call in and be himself. We could li- we could live listen in and, and then, we'll, then give them notes like, "Oh, hey." That's right. That's right, man. That's a great fucking idea. Yeah, super, supervising <laughs> is way better than actually doing. Yeah, that's. Uh, I should do more of that in my life. All right, it's Abe's bedtime. All right, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. And uh, rate and review us on iTunes or whatever the heck Apple is now, or tell your friends, or go to Spotify, or I don't know what Spotify is anyway. <laughs> All right, all right, buddies. We'll talk to you all guys right, later, soon. y'all. Bye, Peace. everybody.